Well, good morning, Porch Community. It's good to see you. I'm glad you are here. Um, don't you hate it when you go to church and you're wearing the same exact outfit as someone else? It's so embarrassing. Um, <laughs> it's so embarrassing. We've had a really, really, really great weekend. Um, parents, thank you for uh, having your student be here this weekend, a fifth through eighth grade kiddo. And um, I pray that when they go home, they're going to tell you some really um, just incredibly deep and profound spiritual wisdom that they've taken in. Hopefully. <laughs> um, it might be in like two and three word sentences, but we talked about that this weekend, that they're going to be better about um, obeying and being grateful. Right, students? Yeah. <laughs> so we are... Um, we are wrapping up today our series we've been in on Romans chapter 8. We've spent the last, this is the seventh week that we have been walking through just the chapter, the eighth chapter of Romans. And, and so we're wrapping this up and, and even um, just in, in there, I was like adding some things. I was like, oh, you know, that I wanted to add to this. So um, I've been working on this because I'm thinking about what we've talked about this weekend and what it means, um, where we've been in this series in Romans, and just, and even, you know, the scripture that Justin shared at the beginning, it's just all kind of culminating and in, in there together and that's that's the holy spirit of god that's how he works that's how his word works it all comes together um what i have appreciated about this weekend i'm not going to take a lot of time on this but it's part of it all is is um the the time of learning and the time of growth and and deepening in in our walk with christ our walk in christ that i've noticed this weekend not just the students but ours as well and commitments to him recommitments to him um some who are desiring to be baptized. Uh, parents, your, your students will be talking to you about that, I'm sure. Some who want to partner in ministry on their own and be like, no, this is my church, and I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not just here because you bring me here, mom or dad, but like this is my church, and I want to be a part of it. Um, and so I'm, I'm just encouraged by that, and I'm excited about that. And we, I, I praise God for that. So um, I think that that's just a sign of God working in his church and among his people. Do y'all, are y'all good with that too? Is that something good for us? I hope so. Maybe. You know, it's like, do we? I don't know. Do you? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hey, there you go. So, um, okay. I want to talk about trust for a minute. Um, trust. This is really what I've been chewing on this morning, since early, early this morning. Um, it's hard to trust. It is hard to trust and love is an incredible indicator of trust when you love or when you are loved it is an indicator of of some level of trust um i think the greater the love the greater greater the the trust that comes with that and i think one of the reasons that people struggle in their faith or with a faith, I think one of the reasons people struggle with their faith in, in regard to who God is, is because they've never really trusted, or they've had their trust broken. And I'm not saying trust broken by God, I'm just saying trust broken in general, by people. People maybe who they were supposed to be able to trust. And the assumption can be, well, if 
if people, if I, if I can't trust people, if, if people can't be trusted, then I'm not even going to bother with God. Because there is so much, there's so much faith aspect in regard to God that that's going to take a level of trust on my part, and I just don't have it. And, and that's, that's kind of our, the, our, where I want us to think today as we look at a, the last couple of verses in Romans chapter 8. You know, when I, when I think about not being able to trust God, and I'm, not, I'm certainly not saying that I'm like uh, uh, omniscient, all-knowing, we talked about that this weekend, or uh, anything like clairvoyant or anything like that. But I will tell you, in 22-something years of standing on a platform and, and, and teaching and preaching, I will tell you that I can at, often I can look and go, oh, that's a person, I, they're leaning in. I see the trust they have in God. And I can see the skeptics. And maybe it's because I used to be one as well, so I can kind of identify that. But this trust is so very, very important. So we, as we look at these final verses in Romans 8, and then we look at several other scriptures I'm going to share with you this morning, this is my prayer for all of us this morning, for all of us, is that we would find trust in the love of God. That you would be able to place your trust in God's great love for you. Because Romans gives us really the most beautiful and powerful assurance that we can trust God because God loves us. We can trust God because he loves us. A couple of verses back, 38 and 39 are the two verses we haven't looked at yet, but I want to go back to verse 35. Pastor Randy shared some of this last week, but I want to read starting in verse 35 of, of Romans 8, because the question is there. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So Christ's love is real, it's available, it's there, and Paul poses the question, who's going to separate you from that love? Who will do it? He says, shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him. Why? Because we're, we're tough, we're strong, we, we have a lot of faith. No, no, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. He loved us. Now this great love is described there. We can have complete trust and faith in him. Can we get verses uh, 38 up there? All right. For I am convinced, this is where, this is where Paul lands. So it's this, who, who's going to separate us? There's a lot of things that are going to happen in our life. Who can separate us from this love? And he says, for I am convinced, convinced that neither death nor life, that's like the ultimate right there, death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What can separate us from God's love? Nothing. 
nothing. No thing. Nothing. But, but, but Shannon, I've, I've been betrayed. I've had that trust broken. I thought I, could, I thought I could depend on this, but no, it didn't happen. No, God, you can depend on. And there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. That is a promise. And you know, when you look at this, and you look at really verse 35 through 39 in total there, there's some assurances that we see there. What are the things that, we will, that won't be able to separate us from God's love? Nothing emotional. Oh, here we go. Nothing emotional. Trouble and hardship, those things that weigh on us, that burden us. It's right there in Scripture. Nothing. That will not keep us away from God's love. Nothing physical. Persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword. That's all coming against your physical body. God's Word says, no, that's not going to separate you from God's love. Doesn't mean it might not happen. It's just saying it won't, it's not like God's going to go, nope, getting my love back, taking it back. Nothing earthly. Nothing earthly. He says, neither death nor life, present, future, height, depth. There's nothing that's in this world that's going to take away his love. Nothing supernatural. Angels or demons, powers, anything else in all creation, just to throw that in to make sure it gets all covered. Nothing, no thing will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Porch community, we need to have trust in that. There are some of us that lack a trust in the ultimate love of God. Unfortunately, we we allow our human relational experiences determine how we trust God. And we just, we can't do that. We're not going to live fully into his love if we do this. He loves differently. He loves bigger. (laughs) His love is not conditional. And we need to put our trust in this. I shared a little bit of this yesterday with our students. But 282 years ago, John Wesley, he preached a sermon at Oxford University. He shared it among his colleagues there. And he called this this message, he called it almost Christian. (laughs) Almost Christian. Um, And he said that an almost Christian is someone who, on the surface, on the outward, they they have the appearance of someone who's like, yeah, okay, I I think they might be a Christian. Right? They, they're trying to do things right, trying to do the basic things right, you know, try to be decent to other people, you know, um, go to church a couple of times every now and then, you know, try to avoid the bad behavior that everyone cl- says is bad behavior. Um, maybe they, they really, like, sincerely try to, to be a good person. But in that message, what he shared is that an almost Christian is missing the key aspect of what it means to be a Christian, and that is where you get the name itself, which is Christ. <laughs> Christ. It was just kind of pursuing um, outward actions without an inward change. So, And almost Christians is not, is not a Christian at all. I, I told our students, like, there's no B team. Almost Christian doesn't mean like you're JV or B team and eventually you'll be a Christian. It's like, no, you're pretending to be a Christian. That's almost Christian. And so when John Wesley preached this message 282 years ago, he did a, 
some alliteration. He's like, okay, so you're either, there's an almost Christian, but then there's the altogether Christian. Altogether. That doesn't mean you have it all together, by the way. Um, altogether. And what that means is fully, completely, wholly, you are like committed to God. And the only way we can do that, friends, the only way we can be committed, we can be all together Christian, is if we trust him. We've got to have trust. We've got to have trust. And it's in that, that trust that we go, okay, wow, this is the love of God. It does not make sense. I've never seen an example of the love of God like I'm reading from these words. I've never seen an example of love in the way in which Jesus showed us his love. And I'm going to trust that. Wesley said, almost or altogether? Are you almost, but you're not really sure? Or altogether? Altogether. Um, one of the things I did say to our students, and I think it's important, I just, I think it's important to say here too. When you talk about altogether, wholly, entirely, completely, fully, someone who does this, they love God fully, love God love others, have trust and confidence in God. The difference, see, between an altogether or an almost Christian would be someone who goes, okay, I have, I have heard, I have received information about God, so therefore I must be a Christian. Nope, that's not how this works. No, no, receiving information is not how this happens. It is about trusting the deep love of God that nothing, nothing can take away. Almost or altogether. Almost or altogether. I was, I was wondering if I should share this, this part of the message today because I shared it with the kids, and we kind of went into detail a little bit. I'm not going to do it as much with you all, but I had several people say, no, you need to do this. So we looked at, at 2 Timothy we looked at 2 Timothy chapter 3 um, yesterday, and it, it gives us a really good but, but um, kind of painful um, definition of what it looks like to be an almost Christian. And here's what it says, beginning in verse 2. For people will love only themselves and their money. <laughs> And I said to the students, okay, so you might think, well, I don't have any money, so this verse doesn't apply to me. <laughs> um, some of us can relate to that, right? Um, so I said, you know what, take the money part out for a minute and just read the first part. For people will love only themselves. And then one of the exercises I think we need to do anytime we're reading scripture is when it says people, we need to just go ahead and put our name in there. We need to put us in there and see how, how God's word is speaking. So I was like, okay, how about this? For I will love only myself. And then we can, you know, go, for I will love only myself and my money. See, someone who has that mindset that you see there's a lack of trust in who God is, you're like, no, I'm just going to take care of me. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm right here. This is all this is going to be about. For I will love only myself and my money. It goes on here, the rest of the, in, in, in 2 Timothy, um, 
it says they will be boastful and proud. Look at me, look what I can do, look, you know, look at the, the perfection I can attain, look what I've got. Boastful and proud. It says they scoff at God. Scoff, I had to explain what scoff means. We, some of us, oh, ridicule, mock, laugh at. Now this one, I know it hurt, I know it stung a little bit yesterday with our students. But it says that an almost Christian is someone who's disobedient and ungrateful to their parents. Some of you are going, preach it, Shannon, go ahead. <laughs> An almost Christian will consider nothing sacred. If you're not a believer, nothing's sacred. Anything goes. Anything goes. It'll be unloving and unforgiving. This is all in 2 Timothy chapter 3. I haven't changed any of the words. I've just broken it down so we see it a little bit more clearly there. Slandering other people. No self-control. Cruel. Hating what is good. Betraying their friends. Being reckless, reckless and puffed up with pride. Loving Pleasure rather than God. They will, and this was the whole reason I even chose this passage. It was this line. They will act religious. This is the almost Christian. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. They will act outward, almost looks like they might be, and listen, I said this to students, I'll say it to y'all too. I don't know the condition of your heart. I barely know the condition of my own. But God knows the condition of my heart. And he knows the condition of yours. I don't say that as a threat. Trust in his love. Let that affect the condition of your heart. Now, this was really, this was the slap in the face. Because the last part of verse 5 <laughs> in 2 Timothy 3, after it says, his, this is what it looks like to not love God and to, to, to love yourself over him. It says this, stay away from people like that. And I was like, oh, well, that's kind of hard to do when it's you. And it's true. But it's like, God's, it's like avoid that. Like, don't, don't continue in that. Don't have that be encouraged in your life. And see, the only way that we can overcome this, this trap of self, right? The only way, this is the only way, there's not another way, is through trusting the love of God gloriously displayed in Jesus Christ. Because what happens is, is I'm, I'm still, I am still going to, to wander sometimes over into verses two through five of Second Timothy three. But if I understand and trust in God's great love for me, then when I do slander somebody or, or, 
I, I mistreat others or I'm more concerned about myself and it's just me and my money and I'm going to like if the, when I find myself there if I am trusting God and I'm going God you love me greater than anything I could ever even try to define as greater and nothing can separate me from your love when I find myself over here then then what happens is the Holy Spirit of God goes no 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 don't do that. Don't say that. Don't think that. Why did you? No. And what I do is that I can go, oh, you, oh yeah, God. Take, take my eyes off of myself and go, God, I don't, I don't want to be an almost. I'm a, I want to all together. I want to live as an all together Christian and trust in his love for me. Trust. Coming before Jesus and declaring, you are Lord. I know I've been living like I'm Lord. God, I'm sorry. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus has saved me. And we trust and recognize that he's given his life so that I might live. Trust. We can trust his great love it's the only thing friends that we can trust so what you can do is you can look at second timothy three and look at the things that happen there and go oh i need to confess my pride i need to confess my my rudeness my self-centeredness my disrespect my my lack of self-control my total disrespect of god and i can confess that and say oh lord forgive me Thank you that you have forgiven me. You've already done the work for me to actually live in forgiveness for this. Confess the things that break God's heart. And then we turn from them. That's the difference between an almost and an altogether. An altogether Christian will see those things that they know hurt the heart of God, that are an exact opposite of who he is and his nature and all that, and go, I don't want to go there anymore. I'm going to go in another direction. Turn towards God. Away from self, towards God. Altogether Christian or almost Christian? See, an an almost Christian is unwilling. There's something that happens. There's something that occurs. There's something going on that goes, I'm not going to give myself completely to God. I think I'm, I'm actually kind of good enough. I don't, I don't know if I really need God. That, that's an almost Christian thought. So I'll, I'll drop in every now and then. Almost or altogether. Altogether, fully saved by grace. His great love and grace. Someone who's committed themselves, their life to Christ is like, yes. And you know what it takes? It takes something like this because I I don't want to miss the opportunity for for anybody to go, well, what do I do? (laughs) Like, I've heard all together, almost, and I've heard all together. What do I do? You, You humble yourself. That's the hardest part. Is humbling yourself. F- 
Father, I have sinned against you. I've loved myself more than you. I am in need of forgiveness. You are Lord. I trust your great love. I trust it. Jesus is the way of salvation. I might not fully understand your great love, but I'm going to trust in this, that your word says that my sins are forgiven. You can trust him, Porch Community. You can trust him. His love is evidence of this. I want to read again, starting at verse 35 of Romans 8. I want to read this again. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered a sheep to be slaughtered. Things were not good. And they're wondering, who's going to take away this love? But the answer, verse 37, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. You know what we just sang right before I came out here? What did we sing? The one who knows me best is the one who loves me most. Did you mean that when you sang it? Because it's true. The one who knows me best, the one who knows the condition of my heart better than I know it myself, loves you best. The one who knows me best is the one who loves me most. Here you go. There is nothing I have done that could change the Father's love. So today is the very best day to declare your faith, your trust in Jesus Christ, if you never have before. And today is the very best day for you to declare your love and your trust in God again. If you feel that it's on his deathbed, your faith. Today is a day. And those outward expressions of that are things like, I'm committing myself. I'm going to commit myself. I'm going to commit to being a part of the life of the church. I'm going to commit to being baptized, to, to show that public profession of my trust and faith in a God who loves me and that love can never be taken away. That's what it looks like. Next Sunday, you heard it in the announcement, the wonderful announcement video. We're going to celebrate baptisms and people partnering in ministry so parents expect to have some conversations about that and and others of you that have been here for a while if to make this this outward see we talked about the almost christian does outward stuff but there's no inward work we want to be people who because of the inward work of god then those little something little things start to show up outside that we just can't contain it 
So baptism, the sacrament of baptism, and committing to the church and being a part of the life and body of Christ is, is a way in which we can live out our faith. The one who knows me best is the one who loves me most. There is nothing I have done that can change the Father's love. That is Romans 8, verses 38 and 39. Would you pray with me? Father, we come before you, and, and God, I know it's one thing to, for me to stand here and talk about trust <laughs> and say, oh, you can trust this. and Because mm. the reality is God is... Only in living this out do we really, really understand, begin to understand what it means to trust you. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to speak to us this morning and as we go into our week, that we would just not be able to, to be released from this, this truth of how very much you love us and we can trust you in that. And no matter what circumstances come our way or even right like on us in this moment that seem to be too much, too great, there is no height, there is no depth that exceeds your great love for us. I pray we know this, we believe this. I pray, God, that even now as we respond in worship, that for those of us that are in this and we believe this and we trust this, that our worship will, will show that. And God, for those who are still wondering and have questions, that you would minister them to, to, to them right now and, and in your compassion and your love. God, that, that the kneelers that we have are just a little tiny, tiny opportunity of expression of our, of our faith, of our repentance, of our love, of our need to come back to you. Thank you for loving us, and I just pray that we will trust you in it. In the name of Jesus, amen.